Welcome, friends, to Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter. We bring you the greatest female voices in the music industry, from the artists, songwriters, and producers, to managers and executives, and all the women who make the music industry what it is today. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Crazy Women Country. I'm Donna, and today I am here with Laura Benitez and The Heartache. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. For those of you who don't know backstory, I was uh, making sure I practiced and, and, you know, The Heartache did not come out that way earlier, so. (laughs) So It's a common uh, thing that we run into, for sure. Yeah. Well, we will have to make sure that everyone knows who you are, and that is the heartache, right? At the end. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. Well, so how is the weather out in California? In Florida here, it is a little uh, warm and toasty as usual. We're back to our normal <laughs> hot and humid summers. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, it's, I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. California's showing off today. It's 75, blue skies, you know, spectacular. Super jealous. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So we'd love to start off with the most difficult question. Okay. Are you sure you're ready? I am not at all sure I'm ready, but I will <laughs> I will do my best. <laughs> That's all we can ask for, right? Do the best that you can, yeah. right? Absolutely. Who is Laura Benitez and the heartache? You know, I think we're um we're classic country bands. Um really you know, twangy and, and fun. But um, my friend Jose, who uh, does a sub does a radio show sometimes here in the Bay area said he, he came up to me after playing this record and said, you know, thank you for writing songs that are about something. And I was like, well, yeah, we're, it's, we have some fun beats and some songs you can definitely dance to, but everything is, you know, we have something to say in every song. So that's who we are. Absolutely. And uh, let's mention your newest album coming out in September 9th, California Centuries. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Tell us what the process was like, uh, the chaos of it, you know, the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 All the, all the juicy, all the juicy stuff. Well, you know, we, um, it was a, it was a long time in the making. I think um, I hadn't meant for it to take four years since our last record to put one out, but um, you know, I uh, became a mom and took a little bit of time out for that. And then the pandemic um, kind of just made it weird to be writing music. It's sort of like, okay, I'll, I'll write a song, but I'm not sure why, because I don't know it, when and if we'll ever do this again. And um, so, and then it, it's always a little strange to like write songs in a, in that particular time period. Cause you don't want them to be trapped in that time period, but then you also have to kind of reflect what's happening. So, um, so we, uh, while the pandemic was happening, um, Bob Spector who plays guitar on the record and I were sort of trading demos back and forth. And I would send him just voice memos from my phone of, of new songs. And he would, he has a studio in his house. So he would, you know, put some, put some drums and, and guitar on them and we kind of fleshed them out and um, decided on the feel for each one. And um, that was really fun. Actually, it was nice to, to have that 
that outlet. And, uh, and then we got into the studio and when we were finally able to get in the studio, it was like a, it was like a family reunion, you know, cause we hadn't seen each other in a, in a couple of years and it was just, um, it was fantastic. Absolutely. I can understand. Yeah. After COVID and the chaos of it and yeah, yeah. I think that's, that, that was a time period that I think, I think we'll all remember that um, kind of like different things throughout history. If we were alive during that time period and old enough to know about it, we'll mm-hmm. remember it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny to, you know, you to be in that time period, to, to be living through a time period where you know that that's the case. Mm-hmm. It's kind of strange. Um, Cause on the one hand you're like, you know, this is a, this is a big deal. But on the other hand, you're also like, what am I going to make for dinner? So it's, it's yeah. kind of Oh, I totally get that. Yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. exactly how it was. Exactly. And of course, you know, being one of those people that used to work from home prior to that, it was kind of like, yeah, this isn't much different, except for now, you know, I'm asking to go to the store, stores, you know, Walmarts that used to be up in like 24 hours. If I needed something, I'd be like, oh, I have to get by 10 p.m. It's going to be closed now. Like, you know, those different little nuances. But yeah. Well, in the music uh, in the music industry, you know, you kind of depend on those things that are open mm-hmm. after 10 p.m. Yeah. So a big deal to not have that absolutely in the public and getting out and playing gigs i mean that's one of the biggest things that i know i've heard from a lot of musicians was getting out and playing gigs and finding that uh side income if they weren't session musicians and they couldn't do it like from their home so to speak when everything was happening it was very difficult time for a lot of people there yeah for sure for sure Mm -hmm. um and when things did finally start um opening up mostly what i was doing was just playing you know solo gigs in people's backyards that was kind of the only thing available yeah just kind of just a big change absolutely absolutely so Mm -hmm. would you like to talk about and now i know they're all your babies but writing wise were there any that you wanted were like oh this was just like you know some people say that they were able to sit down in 20 30 minutes write it out and they're like oh yeah that was perfect like you know, were there any songs off the album that uh, you felt like that about like when you were writing them? Yeah, I think. Um, so, you know, talking about the pandemic, I wrote a song called The Shot about um, when I was first able to get vaccinated. So it was early. It was April of 2021. And, um, you know, as I was standing in line um, out front of out in front of a Baptist church in downtown Richmond, just with a, you know, old and young, just a wide cross-section of folks just waiting to, for our chance to make it out of the pandemic alive. Um, it was, I was thinking about it and I was like, this is, this is wild. Cause I'm walking through this, the sanctuary of this church and they have all their Easter banners up. Uh, you know, let's say, you know, talking about being reborn. And I, I, it just felt like the perfect um, place to have, to be to to get that that treatment so um it just was really clear to me as i was driving home that that was going to be a song and i think i wrote it that night oh wonderful it's a great song you all have to go hear it once it's all released in case you Mm -hmm. watch this before it's released Um, (laughs) but the other song we had talked about earlier was all songs you want to tell everyone a little little story behind that song and how that came about yeah yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I was telling Donna before we got on that, um, there was a, 
a day in um, September, I think it was September 9th of 2020, that most folks from California will remember because it was the day when the sun didn't come up and it was it was dark all day. And September is usually a really um, hot month for us. It's usually really bright and sunny and beautiful. And it was uh, dark and weirdly red and the birds were freaked out and it was just a really creepy, strange day. And your brain knows that the sun's going to come back. Like, you know, we know (laughs) that it's not gone. It's just under some clouds and smoke. But it's hard for your animal nervous system not to react with just panic and, and fear and dread when something like that happens. So, um, so it was super scary. And what was going on with my family at that time was um, they were doing some lead abatement on the house that we were renting. So, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, we, um, you know, they're like, okay, well, you can't go anywhere, but you can stay in your house in your yard. And then we had to do the lead abatement. So I was like, okay, well, you can't go in your house, but you can still go in your yard and then when the fires happened, it was like, you can't go anywhere. And so I was, we were staying in a trailer in the front um, driveway of our house. And I was just in, I was just in there all day with my daughter and we couldn't go outside because the air quality wasn't good enough. And um, she was about nine months old at the time. And so I was just singing her songs because she, she likes it when I sing. So I was keeping her entertained. And every time I would finish singing the song, she would go, because <laughs> she wanted me to sing it again. And it just occurred to me that that was a really good metaphor for things ending and it feeling like the end of the world and just, you know, disappointment and change and all the things that you have to deal with as you grow up. Uh, and so I wrote, I wrote a song about it. It's beautiful. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about you. How'd you get started in music? When did you decide this is what I have to follow for the rest of my life? You know, it's funny. I think, um, I think I've always wanted to write lyrics and, and sing and write songs, but I didn't have the confidence in my own storytelling. Like it's kind of um, intimidating to put your own story out there, especially when there are so many fantastic songwriters in the world and fantastic storytellers and all this music that I love. So it's, it's hard to say to yourself, Oh, I should also, you know, do this thing. But um, right around 2008, I was kind of at a point in my life where I was feeling kind of creatively frustrated, um, you know, feeling like I didn't have a creative outlet, you know, I was just kind of working and I'd been in, an actor in theater for a little while. And, you know, there's, <laughs> that's a demanding and um, mm-hmm. low paid enterprise. So, and I don't think it was really where my true passion was. It was just something that I could do, you know, and um, I'd been in a, a band that did covers of old country tunes. We did, you know, um, a lot of, uh, old Hank and Dolly and Juana Jackson and um, all those fun Porter Wagner, you know, old, old country songs. And I really loved the storytelling and just the, the, just the simple, just like blunt, like this is what's happening in my life. There's no, there's no flowery phrase. We're not making it any prettier than it is. This is just what's happening. 
And I was really inspired by that. And so I, I started writing country songs and I wrote a couple and like the third one, I was like, actually, I kind of like this song. So, uh, so it kind of went from there. That's awesome. <laughs> Just so awesome to see everyone's trajectory because some people are like, oh yeah, I've known since I was two, I was going to do this for the rest of my life. You know, other people are like, yeah, no, I just, yeah. And then there are um, people that are even I, older that fall into it. So. Yeah. I'm a bit of a late bloomer and I'm, I'm really a fan of, you know, if you can get, you know, really far in your career by the time you're 22, you know, that's amazing, but that's not a lot of people. So. Right. Right. Totally understandable. So who are some of the women that have inspired you to do music? Well, you know, I, in the country world, I think Dolly Parton is my favorite, even though it's kind of like, it's almost cliche to say, cause you know, everybody loves Dolly, but everybody loves Dolly because she is just a phenomenal talent, sort of a once in a generation mm-hmm. talent. Um, I'm also a big fan of Loretta Lynn just for just the fieriness you know, I love the the pulls no punches uh, in her songwriting. Um, I I like a uh, Miranda Lambert a lot as well. Um, I think, um, and also not in the you know sort of straight ahead country realm, but um, I was inspired a lot by the Indigo Girls growing up. I think that was the first um, time I really heard the kind of music that I wanted to make. And they're yeah, I'm still hu- a huge fan. So. Absolutely. And I love how the first two women actually, when you mentioned Dolly and Loretta, to me, I always think about, you know, they're really were outlaws for their time period, too, because how many of their songs were banned on radio? I mean, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. And today, obviously, we're just like, yeah, whatever. You can play that. That's nothing, you know, but yeah, I know. time periods. Oh, yeah. Very challenging material for the time. Yeah. So would you like to do our 20 crazy questions? Absolutely. Let's. I. I'm very curious to what these questions are. Let's hear them. Okay. Well, I promised you we won't get arrested yet. <laughs> not. Not. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> not. Maybe not today. Yeah. Up. Oh, Tigger. Tigger would like to join us. This is Tigger. She's uh, joining Hi, us. Tigger. Now. She just oh. wants hugs, and she's like, I, "I don't really care that you're doing an interview, mommy. I need a hug." Okay. I will hold you. And she, she knew did? that you okay. needed a hug. Yeah. Pa- apparently, yes. Mommy needs hugs. Aw. <laughs> You're so sweet until you claw me or something, you know, like usual. <laughs> that's, that's the, the <laughs> way of cat. cat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get started. What's your dance like nobody's watching song? The song that you absolutely have to dance to. Oh, I mean, honestly, there's a lot. I am no, like un, unembarrassed to rock out to any song in public. It's the Puerto Rican part of my culture I don't know how many, if, well, you're in Florida, so you probably know some Puerto Rican folks, but we dance in public. Like that's what we do. It's just what we do. So, um, I mean, really anything, any Madonna will do it. I think probably like an express yourself. Mm-hmm. It's going to really get me on the dance floor. Perfect. Uh, so what's the perfect workout song in your opinion? Workout songs. Um, boy. You know, I don't know if I can come up with a song, but I'm going to say I like Prince to work out to. Um, there's a song that I think is probably 
from his very religious period. And so there's probably a religious significance to it that I don't understand. And if so, uh, please forgive me, but uh, it's a song called seven and it's just a really great, you know, anthemic kind of song. So I do like to work out to that one. I think any song can be perfect to work out to. I, I mean, it's, it's, it goes by the person's taste, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Tell me your top two favorite concerts ever. So, um, so there's a music festival here in um, San Francisco called the Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival. And it was founded by um, a man called Warren Hellman. And he is, was the heir to the Hellman's mayonnaise fortune. Um, so wealthy um, philanthropist and who gave to a lot of different causes. But one of the things that he did with his money was he um, put on a free music festival in Golden Gate Park every year that anyone could come to. And it started out as a bluegrass festival, but then it became the hardly strictly bluegrass festival so that it would be everything. Um, Although with some, you know, sort of a a Roots Americana bent, but they really did book everybody from Cyndi Lauper to, uh, you know, Chris Isaac to uh, who else did they book at that festival? Lots of people. Anyway, um, so it's a fantastic event, like half a million people come out every year. And um, so I went, I want to say it was 2018 um, was the last time I went and then uh, went to see Sturgill Simpson and he was headlining, I think Saturday night. And it was just, just the most fantastic set. So good. And I think that was the same year that, um, Cindy Lauper was also there. And that was, I, I like, I cried when she sang time after time. So, I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I, I love going to see live music and I've had a lot of wonderful experiences, but I say those, those two were pretty, pretty, pretty fantastic. It sounds really fantastic. Oh yeah. It's so the best. best. Tell us uh, an album or an artist that we need to listen to before we die. Um, well, I'm going to, um, put in a plug for a friend of mine. Um, they are a really talented singer songwriter. They were living in the Bay area for, um, up until, uh, 2020 and they moved back to Ohio, I think, um, which is where they're from, but their name is Dill Billy. Um, and it's just, they the, the latest record is just so phenomenal. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to, just so I get the name right. I want to look it up real quick. It's on my, it's on my, um, my iTunes. Um, yeah. Um, so the, the album is called Chaparral. So that's, uh, Dill Billy's Chaparral. Um, and it's just really, really beautiful. And, um, the producer that they worked with was fantastic. And it's just a really, um, beautiful and well-written album. Wonderful. Well, everyone go check that out after the interview. Yes, of course. (laughs) Not not right now. No. So tell us, do you have any guilty pleasure music? You know, that music that uh, people don't know you listen to? Obviously, having a child, you may have some baby shark on iTunes there, you know. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, luckily, baby shark was a little bit before her time, you know, peak baby shark (laughs) before her time. So we're, 
we're, we escape that mostly, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, what's funny is that, um, I am in no way, shape or form a music snob. I like pretty much all music, everything from classical to pop. Like I just, I, I don't have a genre that I don't like. There's artists that I don't like. Um, but, um, there's no, nothing where I can say, I do not like that kind of music. Cause I just, yeah. I love it all. And I don't really care if it's commercial and I don't care if it's dance music and I don't care if it's really popular. Like I, I just think that if it's, if it's moving and it's interesting and it's fun, then, then who, who cares if you like it, you know? Um, so I would say like, probably because I grew up with Billy Joel, I think that's probably my guilty pleasure because people like to hate on, on him for being, um, earnest and popular, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, that's fine. I, I, I get why people, uh, aren't fans, but you know, I grew up with it. So I'm just always going to have a soft spot. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I like all music. So I'm like, you know, there are some songs, there are some songs I will probably say that I dislike you know, then, or here or there. And I'm like, I don't understand the popularity of a couple of them, but they usually fall into that bromance category somewhere way down historical, sure. you know, I'm like, yeah, okay. It was a great song for drinking too. That was about it. So sure. Sure. <laughs> well, you had so, fun, uh, fun night uh, back in 2007. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was great. That was wonderful. It was a good song that night. Yeah, that was it. The end. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so Tell me, hypothetically, if I came to you and said, I need to hide a dead body, do you know a good place? Well, I mean, I I don't know what this says about me, but I I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. So sadly, I do know a good place, I think. And I I don't I don't know. I'm sure this information is out there, but I think the, the best place to hide one is an old mine. Like if you can find an, an old mine shaft in an out of the way place, there's just a lot of them and they're really remote. So that's kind of, it's kind of the best place. Just, you know, just between me and you. Yeah. <laughs> just between you and I. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. That That is a new one. I have not heard that one yet. I was like, oh, that's good. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you have a game plan for zombie apocalypse? Definitely. Okay. So. Um, first of all, just personally, like zombies, like I'm scared of everything, but for whatever reason, zombies don't scare me that much. I, you know, don't come for me, zombie apocalypse nation, like you tend to tell me all the ways that they should be scary. They just don't. And because I'm scared of everything, like I don't need to put that on myself. But at the same time, it's always good to be prepared. So, so zombie apocalypse, you know, I'm pretty good with weapons. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fierce. Um, you know, I have, you know, I'm very Californian. I, I don't like guns or anything violent, but you know, I, if I have to, obviously I feel like I could make that happen. So I'm on the armaments and then my partner, Brian is a long distance cyclist. So he knows all of the back, like, you know, back roads, mm-hmm. the, all the unpopulated places mm-hmm. where there's not going to be tons of zombies. So like he's in charge of escape routes. We get on the bicycle. We, you know, we, we pack what we can, you know, and we, we would take those back roads and, uh, and I'm, you know, and I'll, you know, be on defense. That's, that's the zombie apocalypse plan. Perfect. I love that plan. That's a great plan. <laughs> oh, tell us what job would you be terrible at doing? 
Oh, there's a lot. Um, I, you know, I'm not employable at most things that make a lot of money. Um, so like, th- especially things that are very specifically um, like finance, because I just don't care enough about it. I think, I, and you think you have to really want to make money in order to really make money. So like, you know, say, you know, any kind of like stock trading, you know, real estate, like I just am not a mover and a shaker like that. Like I just, yeah, I don't care enough. So (laughs) I think you're right. I think some of those areas you do have to be like really into it and yeah, for sure. Yeah. As far as me for real estate, like I would love to do that only because I love houses and I love construction of them and like remodeling and doing things like that's my, that's not about money on that one at all. So, but yeah, I would, I would love, like, the only thing I like about the idea of being real estate is getting to go and like see a bunch of people's houses. But I think that's just, that's just me wanting to do interior design. Like that's not (laughs) wanting to be in the business of selling houses. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you won the lottery. What's yes. the first thing you would do? So the first, so I I've had this plan for a long time and I don't play the lottery. So I should probably actually play if I'm going to have this plan for what I would do with my lottery winnings. But um, so it would be to start a, um, a record label that would um, give grants to musicians who don't have the funds to make records. Cause I know a lot of really amazing musicians who, don't have the resources to record and I know that they have great music to put out there. So I would love to, to do that. And as we all know, like having a record label, is not exactly a money-making enterprise for most, for most of them. So if I could do it, you know, as just a a passion project, I think that would be the way to go. That'd be awesome. So yeah, you would have to occasionally spend $2 or whatever. I think that's what most of those bigger lottery Powerball, Mega Millions, right? Two dollars. I, I should so well, pay two dollars. Yeah, I should at least play the Powerball every now and then yeah. if I'm gonna if I'm gonna dream. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured this way. I'm like, okay, I could go buy myself a drink, you know, like a soda, or water, or something when I'm out, or I could spend two bucks. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, who knows? Who, you never who know, knows? right? You never know. Yeah, the the big winners don't seem to be in Florida though for those big multi state things. That's all I do know. So I'm gonna have to go out of state to buy a ticket. Apparently, no. Yeah, you're gonna have to go for a little drive to uh yeah. to Georgia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell me, what's the last thing you read or what you're currently reading? Um I am reading a book. So I have a, a book club that we've had for the last five years, some friends and I. And we read mostly novels. Um and this the last one uh that we read uh, that I'm not quite finished with is called the fire keeper's daughter and it's um sort of a true crime YA novel set in northern michigan and uh there's a romance and there's it's like drug dealers and yeah it's pretty good so far yeah great recommended reading if you haven't read that book everyone mm-hmm. yeah it's mm-hmm. super good oh do you prefer boots or heels Oh, boots. I haven't worn heels in 10 years. <laughs> and it's funny. I started wearing cowboy boots and um, 
then went back to try and put on a pair of my old heels. And I was like, oh, hell no, this is not (laughs) happening. I don't know how I used to wear these. I'm not doing it. So yeah. I know what you mean. I, uh, working from home and stuff, I was always like being in Florida here, obviously barefoot flip flops, things like that, sneakers, you know, and, uh, and normal day activities, if you will. And I'm like, I went to put pair of heels on. I'm like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. How did I do this all the day and actually feel comfortable in these? Like I, yeah. It just doesn't compute, especially post pandemic. Like it just does. It makes no sense to me. I don't know. I don't know how people do it. Oh, who would play you in a movie about your life? Well, this is a tough one, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, who would you want to play you? Anyone? Favorite actress, maybe? I, I think. I think the the person who's always come to mind is Jessica Alba. Um, I don't know that she, I think she may have retired to do her, um, her healthcare brand, but um, if we could convince her to come back to the screen, I would say she'd probably be a good, a good choice. Okay. I'll put in a call in tomorrow. We'll just get her to, yes. to sign up for that. Yeah. Yeah. If no you worries. Could we got it covered. Good. Good. <laughs> if you could uh, just give Jessica a text, shoot her a text. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just do that right after we're done here. Yeah. Exactly. So this next question has been very difficult. Where's okay. Waldo? He's over there. Oh, no. Is he behind me again? I'm starting to feel this like I'm telling you, there's this horror movie story that's coming to mind and I'm really going to write this and everyone's going to have to bring in some really good music for it. Like some. Yeah. He's just poking it right right from behind your head. (laughs) Creepy little guy. I'm starting to feel really paranoid anymore. Okay, so we're going (laughs) to take that question off the list. Uh, What's the best thing since sliced bread, in your opinion? Oh. Oh, the best thing since sliced bread so um i like to one of my hobbies is i like to sew and the um when i learned to sew i'm gonna date myself here slightly but when i learned to sew back in the 80s you you would have pins would come in this little plastic box that had a little flip-up lid and the flip-up lid didn't like didn't attach very well and they would you would open it and they they'd fly off I'm a little clumsy anyway. So they, they, it would always, but it would just be pins on the floor. Always be, just be pins on the floor. You'd always be stepping on them. It was just the worst. And then sometime in like the early nineties, they came up with this, a magnetic pin cushion, which I'm like, how did we not think of this before? Right. And the, the problem is gone. It's just gone. And I'm, it's been around for 20 years, probably 25 years. And I'm still like not over the magnetic pin cushion. Like it's the best thing that ever happened. Oh, that is awesome. I, I'm horrible at sewing. Uh, my Well, I can sew on a button, needle and thread, old fashioned. Good, good. That's all uh, I got to do. Here, here's the personal story that no one gets to hear. I've done, like my mom showed me how to use the sewing machine, right? So I was doing all great with this, doing awesome stuff. I'm like, oh, let me try these jeans because we were doing something. Yeah, I was like, this would be really oh. cool to do jeans. Next thing I know is I, I'm like, ow, ow. My, I just kind of sewed my finger into my jeans and I'm like, mm-hmm, yep. Uh, sewing is probably not for me. I am that talented. I am usually coordinated, but apparently not with sewing. So uh, that was like the first and last time I really used the sewing machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've sewed my finger. It's It does happen, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it happens to the best of us, absolutely. So, so yeah, so I figured I was like, this is probably not my thing. I'm better at woodworking. I don't cut myself. I, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you, everybody has their medium, and I, yeah, I think it's very similar woodworking and sewing. It's just a different, 
you know, there's not that like needle threatening you all the time. Yeah, so. I, I think it is the needle because I'm terrified of needles and so is it. So I think that might have been it. I think that was that the whole, it, it might have just lot, been the whole. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have, there's that, the ick factor with the needle. Yeah, no, it's real. Oh. So <laughs> would you rather cook or order in? Oh, I love to cook. I love to cook. Um, so uh, yeah, that's definitely a cook. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what's the worst pizza topping? If you were to order pizza in, you know, I, I don't like. So this is the the typical like Hawaiian pizza thing, but it's not that I don't like the pineapple on the pizza. Like I like a sweet and salty combo. So mm-hmm. in general, I'm on board. But what I don't like is when the toppings are watery. This is true for like a fresh tomato on pizza too. I feel like it just, it releases too much liquid and then it's kind of soggy and it like waters down like the, the sauce. So that's, but that's my problem with the, the the pineapple. I feel like if we could like dehydrate the pineapple or just really like press the water out of it. Or like grill I, it and then put it on after it's done. Yeah, like grill it. Per- See, there you go. Grilled. See, that would totally do it. Just dry it out a little bit and I would love it. But mostly it's just like this, what, like they take it straight from the can and like put it right on there. I'm like, that's not, yeah. nobody wants that. Okay. Yeah, I kind of get that. Yeah. I prefer it fresh anyway. You know, throw it on the grill and then throw it on the pizza. No, that's just yeah. me. I like everything fresh. grilled though, so. <laughs> oh, well, grilled, like grilled fruit in general is delicious mm-hmm. and grilled pineapple. I mean, pineapple, fresh pineapple is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so I don't have to ask you the pineapple debate since you've already answered that. What do you <laughs> wish would magically clean itself? The car, the uh, house. Oh, I mean, really all of it. I mean, I think the floor. Like, I don't like mopping. Yeah. So I'd say the floor. If I, cause, And it, also the thing is, like, if the floor is clean, it feels like everything's clean, kind of. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not. So, yeah, I think that would take care yeah. of a lot. Perfect. Love it. Tell us something on your bucket list. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, I have a few things, but I've always wanted to do a European tour, which I have yet to do. That's always sounded really fun. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of places I want to tour in general, but I think that would be great. Um, so that's that's kind of a bucket list thing for me. Okay, let's get that going for next year for twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, any any tour promoters out there? I I I uh, I would love to play Hamburg, uh, Barcelona. I'm I'm down. Just let me know. Hit me up. Perfect. Perfect is now out there in the universe. The universe hopefully will deliver. Right. That's the theory Absolutely. of. If you could be any person or a position like a CEO, a doctor, or a lawyer, or a person like Dolly Parton, who or what position would you want to be for the day and why? Oh, for the day? Um, hmm. I mean, it would be interesting to be Dolly for the day. Um, I think... You know, that's, that's a really tough one. I mean, it's, it's hard because I really, I know this is going to sound super cheesy, but like, I've, I really like where I am. I don't know that I wish 
to be in any other position. It's hard to like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But it would be cool to be Dolly for the day. I can't agree- disagree with that. I mean. Well, for the wardrobe alone, I mean, just, but yeah, it, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Dolly yeah. for the day since we, since we mentioned it. I mean, I can't really, I don't think I can improve on that. Yeah. Do you have any words of wisdom that you live by? And if so, what are they? Um, I think the words of wisdom I, I live by the most is a expression that I've seen in Spanish, which is um, la verdad, aunque me duele, which means the truth, even though it hurts me or even though it hurts. And that's mm-hmm. sort of how I am in the world. It's just, a, I feel like I'm a, a truth teller for better or for worse. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that the truth really will set you free. I think it's really a lot of the ills of the world are come from hidden truths and, and dishonesty. So um, yeah, I think that's, those are my words of wisdom. Beautiful. So what does the rest of the year hold? Obviously we have the, the album release on September 9th um, doing some touring yeah, I got some some shows lined up until about December, but um yeah, I mean, I feel like this was a really personal album and uh it all the songs really mean a lot to me and I'm really proud of it, so I'm I'm trying to just take a moment uh to enjoy putting it out there in the world and I think the pre-pandemic kind of hamster wheel of like, okay, got the album out, now I've got a release the video and now we gotta do the tour and now we gotta you know sort of the the next steps I've let go of a little bit and um yeah I think I just want to enjoy putting it out there absolutely I think sometimes uh we get to that ham like you said hamster well I don't think that's anywhere um whether it's releasing music or whatever you're doing in life sometimes and it's just yeah. nice to be in the moment and appreciate it as yeah. it is trying to be in the moment yeah so everyone, make sure you go check out Lara's site. I'll have the links in the descriptions as usual. Um, and go check out the new album, uh, pre-save, or if we're already released here, make sure you go check it out. Yes. So, it has been a pleasure having you on today, and you're welcome back anytime. And uh, oh, so you're so saying hey again. She's like climbing back up. She's like, what's going on? <laughs> oh, I know. All there should always be cats at every interview. It makes it much better. Say hi. Say bye. Sorry, I'm such she, a cat person. She's like, no. She's like, no, I know. Let me sit down again. <laughs> she's not ready oh, to be on camera. She's not, she, <laughs> she has her moments. You know, she's a cat. She does what she wants. That's that's how cats work. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So, but thank you again. And like I said, anytime you're welcome back. And thank you, friends, for joining us for another episode of Crazy Women Country. Have a wonderful day. See you later. If you enjoyed today's episode of Crazy Women Country, don't forget to give us a thumbs up. Be sure to click the subscribe button for new interviews weekly. And thank you, friends, for joining us today on Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter.